small village in the United Kingdom, which from a distance seems peaceful and inviting, the kind of place you might like to live in. But take a closer look, and you will find this is a village in crisis. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of A Village in Crisis with me, Neil McDermid, my friend and co-host, Lee Phillips. How the devil are you, Lee? I'm wonderful, thank you very much. <laughs> I, did, I, I wanted to chuck co-host in there just so you felt this was a partnership. No, I'm not <laughs> ah, <really>. Finally! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when, if you hadn't um, mentioned it just then... Oh, it would have gone straight over my head. <laughs> like that empty title I was just given. Well, Lee, we're in this together. Like it or not, we're in it together. I How are you anyway? Myself, I, it was only this morning or yesterday when I thought, right, we've got to record the pod tomorrow. Yeah. What would Neil do if I just suddenly said, I've had enough, I'm not doing this anymore? Ugh. Well, um, I'd say she could have a bit of notice, please. And then I'd probably go and find someone else to do it. But if I said no, no notice, sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm just fed up of it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Well, no one's bigger than the club. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> this isn't a threat. It's just a case of, I think I do deserve to have the fact that uh, it is a partnership well, uh, acknowledged. Well, you're in luck because I've just acknowledged it. <laughs> do you want, do you want yeah. to tell us how you are or you got anything to update me on? Uh, on camera, I am fantastic. But, you know, <laughs> off camera, I have just unloaded about my home life. Yes, but that, you know, as much as we love Publicly sharing. Not everything needs to be shared on this podcast, does it? No. All I'll say is I've got three daughters between the ages of 12 and soon to be 18. And I think I can leave it there. <laughs> well, I've I'm got a few things. Exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> How are you, Neil? Well, I've got a few things to update you on, actually, um, this week. Yeah. Uh, firstly... Still no response from investigative journalist Holly Ryder at the Bishop Stortford's Independent. That's um, a shame. Maybe we need to dangle a little carrot in front of her. Like, say something like, because um, you're not far from Bishop Stortford. You could no. write, you could write, Holly, I've got a juicy bit of um, uh, <laughs> scandal for you. Yeah, uh, we'll need to meet in. We'll need to meet in person. Yeah, and then give and her I might like, record the it. some cost of coffee or something. And then when you get there, you just go. I don't have nothing, but I want to speak to you about your copy pasting. Yeah, I wanted to speak to you about a suspicious man in in Stansted. Well, I'm beginning to wonder because I've sent her a follow up email. There's been no response to that. Um, does Holly Ryder exist, or do the Bishop Stortford Independent just? Cut and paste stories from Facebook and pass them off as articles and then just stick some random name on it. You said yourself it sounds like a name from a a novel. I, do you know what? 
Um, what's uh, JKR, JK Rowling? JK Rowling. Uh, what's her? Uh, uh, Galbraith. Galbraith. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a character from one of those books. Yeah. Holly Ryder. Yeah, a pseudonym. But have you done any digging on this? No, I haven't. Well, I'll tell oh, you, I've done a should. bit of digging because I tried to look her up on Twitter because I thought I'd message her directly. And you imagine mm. any journalist worth their salt is on Twitter or X. Um, yeah. Couldn't find her. Do you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to give myself a little bit of homework. Yeah. I'm going to call them today. Call the Bishop's Dorford Independent and ask to speak yeah. to her. Yeah. Okay. I like your thinking. Yeah. And I'm going to work out how I can record that call. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Okay. That, that is a good idea. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's uh, Holly Ryder. Secondly, um, a guy I used to play football with about 10 to 15 years ago messaged me on Facebook the other day um, Jason to Cundy. say... No, it wasn't Jason Cundy, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, messaged me to say, Peter, pop-off update for you. In Cambridge this afternoon, blue Audi RS3, exhaust popping like it was fireworks night, and way over the speed limit too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'd just like to say, there may be more than one blue Audi RS3 um, in the interests of balance but that is quite interesting isn't it uh yeah i mean it sounds as if he's got a little he's got the need for speed and when he when that when that uh when that itch presents itself he will scratch it with his pop-off exhaust i've had another message from Mm. from someone geek fact and there's a lot of stuff in here that I don't understand because I don't, <laughs> you know, me and cars, I, they are simply an A to B machine for me. Um, geek fact, in older CVH cars, cars with carburettors, when excess petrol goes into the spark plugs, the carburettor is designed to bleed this excess into the exhaust and thus due to the fumes ex- existing creates a pop. High pressure water will create the same in plumbing, but due to petrol being flammable and heated in the engine, a more distinctive pop bang is heard. Modern day cars, however, with injectors such as Peter Popoff's, can't make this noise via the engine, so the ECU has a setting on it that allows the car to make the noise every time the driver's foot and weight through it is taken off the accelerator. So it pops off when there's no acceleration. Yeah, but you obviously have to accelerate to decelerate to make the pop pop. So you're putting your foot down to drive. Yeah. You take your foot off and you get a poo. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit of a catch-22. Yeah. You're going to get a pop off by slowing down to some yeah. degree. But... You have to speed up to thus decelerate. Yeah, you've got to gun it. It must be a jolty ride. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about uh, your choice of car, because you just said that you 
um, don't really care for automobiles in that way. Right. You have a little Renault Captur, don't you? Yeah. Little French car. Mm-hmm. We. Oui. How do you feel about it? Uh, it's fine. Fine. It, it's reluctant to go into reverse sometimes. So if I ever do come to sell it from the driveway, I'll have to have it facing out onto the road. Um, <laughs> unbelievably, the back windscreen has been shattered twice. It could be targeted attack. Um, and it is an absolute puncture magnet. But other than that, it's fine. It's like driving a little roller skate. Do you not, why don't you always back into your driveway? There, uh, but, then you then you eliminate two problems. People, well, people might, you might have to replace the front window. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a bigger deal. Um, when I was in Iceland with my dad for his 70th, we went adventuring and we went to, uh, we did some ice caving and we went, off-road and one of these fucking great big like you had to get a, a, a step ladder to get into it with right. um tires that you had to um deflate to be able to go over like the sand and the rocks and everything and um when we got to like this sort of car park area if you like he backed in and then i looked and all the cars all the four by fours were backed in and I was like, why are all the cars backed in? And he said, in case of uh, volcano eruptions. Oh, what? So you can get out of there quickly? Yeah. I mean, that is literally how quickly you have to get out of there. Yeah. Like I'm every not... second counts. Because how long would it take to reverse out? Like, add on an extra 10 seconds? In in Iceland, that is life or death. Yeah. Yeah. That's You know what? It's kind of cool. It is it's cool to a point. I don't want to live somewhere where that's a consideration. Yeah. I mean, we drove through uh, a storm. We did some horse riding on the black beaches of Vik, And we were there when the uh, volcano was erupting just outside yeah. Reykjavik. And I'd climbed up to it a few days before, a day before my dad arrived. And it was just smouldering away. And I'm stood there right next to this volcano that is just smouldering. I'm thinking, if this erupts, you're dead, man. You're dead. Yeah. Uh, and the horse riding instructor. Oh, we've lost Lee. So I don't know. Said to us, oh. Lee, hold on a minute. You're back now. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened. We were both frozen. We got to the horse riding instructor. Oh, he's gone again. You should drive back. Right. Hold on, listeners. It's Sorry. You that's freezing up. Yeah, well, I seem to, well, you seem to be freezing for me and I'm freezing for you. Got to the horse riding instructor. You're right, oh. you're back now. Yeah. I think we're good again. Okay. We got you're to the horse riding instructor. Yeah. Uh, got to the horse uh, and she said, be careful how you drive back to Reykjavik. It's like five hour drive because there's a massive storm coming in. Um, and also the volcanoes erupted again. <laughs> so me and my dad just looked at each other and we went like, fucking volcano like hurricane chasers we were just looked yeah. at each other and just couldn't get in the car quick enough and we were like we're going up that volcano and we drove through what was possibly like if if it wasn't just a motor like a, a wide single like uh dual carriageway uh in an open plane we i wouldn't have driven because the the car felt like it was going to be rocked over it was so windy and then when we got up to the car park where the uh, volcano is, are you all right? 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm just moving something. I'm listening. Um, the, we drove into the car park and there were police there and mountain rescue. And I could hardly get the door open to get out of the car. And the police were like, I went over to him and I'm screaming into the window going, <laughs> can you get out of the way? We want to go up to the, the volcano. And he went, no, we're here to stop idiots like you from attempting <laughs> just that. <laughs> and I went, why? And he went, because of the fucking storm. So we didn't get to go up to the uh, top of the volcano again. Why did you want to go up to the top of the volcano? I mean, literally once in a lifetime to see a volcano erupt in up close. A hundred percent once in a lifetime. Yeah. Because that's the end of your lifetime. No, it's not. Could be. Volcanoes I've got are something massive. else to tell you. I've got something else to yeah. tell you. Uh, I think you might like this. I got attacked by a dog on Saturday. Are you all right? Yeah, it didn't it didn't break the skin. Um right. What kind of dog? A bulldog. <laughs> British bulldog. Yeah. Proper fat <laughs> little shit. Oh, a proper Tom <laughs> and Cherry job. Yeah. I was uh you know I coach um my son's football team. Yeah. Well I went to um I had him and Sally in the car, my wife, went to uh, go and pick up another one of the boys that plays for the team. Sally and Seth were sitting in the car. I went and knocked on the door. The lad opened it and in a heartbeat, this dog shot out and it's like a fat old bulldog. And I looked down <laughs> to it and went, oh, hello. And it just went for me. like It was raging. And... Oh, I was like, shit. So at first I was like, oh, what's going on here? And like took a couple of steps back. But then it was really going at me. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then it had, um, it tried to bite my leg and then it tried to bite my foot. And in the end, in front of this lad, I had to, I kicked it in the head. Nice. <laughs> nice. What, uh, what did the lad do? Did well, the, the poor did lad. The, like, did the parent like, oh, my... come out? Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. This... And I totally believe them. They're like, my God, I'm sorry, this never, like, she'd, she'd never behaved like this before. And she looked like a big softie. You know, she had like a multicoloured collar on and stuff like that. Obviously, something about me had <laughs> agitated got this dog. So, yeah, got, got attacked well, yeah, by a dog. dog. Attacks, dog attacks are fucking scary. They shouldn't be underestimated how scary no. they can be. We, um, we look after this little... Uh, like rat dog you know this and it looks like a cross it's a cross between a papillon a french bulldog and an english bulldog so it's got like this sort of what's the word body uh it doesn't realize that it's a small dog it thinks it's a bigger dog oh right it's big dog mentality inside a small dog yeah and just sort of waddles around like a bulldog but looks more like a sort of papillon looks like a goat crossed with a rabbit it's got big ears that swivel on their own Anyway, we were going to see Sarah's uh, sister with the dog, and they have a English Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Right. And we were like, this dog is like attracts trouble from any other dog. Um, will Penny, the other dog, be all right? Yeah, yeah, she's she's fine around all other dogs. It won't be a problem. She's just, you know, still quite like young, like less than a year old or something. And we, we got there and I had uh, Vilma, the dog, on a lead. 
that yeah. Penny wasn't on the lead. And as soon as they saw each other, uh, I saw a dog do something that you don't see very often. And it was uh, akin to like a tiger before it attacks. You know, the shoulder blades went down. <laughs> the, the front part of the body, like the chest, went to the floor to protect right. it. It's softer area obviously in hindsight no yeah. and then it sort of glided along the floor and went like something out of lock stock or snatch or something <laughs> like fucking furious and i was having to like i couldn't kick it openly so i was pushing it away with the the, the small <laughs> my foot whilst holding vilma up like choking her on the lead like lifting her above the ground so this dog couldn't get at her and i was like we're fucking out of here so and Vilma gave, has that effect on other And they dogs. also gave, yeah, so you and Vilma are the little rat yeah. dogs. Um, <laughs> but they also gave it the whole, oh, she's never done this before. Um, however, I know, I was at uh, their country house uh, not long previously to this. And um, there was like a little sort of two or three-year-old toddler there, one of the cousins or something. And all of a sudden the dog had jumped up and it was really uncomfortable. It was in my face and I was pushing it away. Yeah. And all of a sudden the kid's crying and it's bleeding from its head. And the dog is clearly bitten the toddler on the head. But the owners were saying, no, no, she just she just scratched her with her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, well, I don't know where I'm from. We call that a bite. <laughs> but in this part of Sweden, they call it a scratch with the teeth. Oh well, I mean that's one way. That shouldn't be alive, is all I'm saying. It, what do they call punching? I just rubbed my hand on his face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rubbed my knuckles on his nose. <laughs> oh, um, finally, for my updates, Lee, uh, there's something that's pissed me off more than it should. It's uh, happened this oh, week. Oh, um, you've seen on our socials. Um, that an account across Twitter and Instagram called Pom- Comedy Podcast Devotees uh, put out a post saying they were going to host an independent comedy World Cup um, and they asked for nominations. Mm. We put out a call to arms on our socials. Yeah. And from what I saw, we were hands down the most nominated podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, I even sent my usual Ask Kissy post along the lines of, We'd love to be involved. Well done for supporting independence, uh, which they fucking liked. They gave a heart to. Um, anyway, fast forward a few days and the draw for their World Cup comes out. And lo and behold, we're not in it. Fucking scandalous. Is I anyone to, in it? Well, I thought this was weird. So I went to check the posts that we'd been nominated on. And they've been fucking deleted. So these bullshit merchants at Comedy Podcast TV devotees are running the kind of vote that you'd get, I don't know, in North Korea or something. <laughs> they've catfished us. They've, they've Debbie deleted us. What? So is anybody in this uh, now? Is it still going on? Well, the draw comes out. Yeah, there's 32 podcasts in it. They've just what? ignored the voting system and picked who they wanted to be in it um the draw comes out 
And the first fixture that's a worry group... that they, <laughs> a worry that we're not one of 32, and we yeah. were the most publicly liked. Yeah. Oh, don't but, doesn't but, feel but, good. <laughs> what's the agenda? What's the agenda though? I'd say. So the draws, the draws come out. The first fixture yeah. in Group A was a podcast called The Cheap Show um, versus one called TVI. Um, so I thought I'd have a listen to the first 10 minutes of each right, to see, you know, you know, a bit of a learning exercise. OK, so we haven't yeah. made it. I'm, I'm pissed off, you know, that despite us winning the votes, we you know, we haven't made it. But let's yeah. have a listen to the competition of independent podcasts and see what they're like. I'm not kidding. The first 10 minutes of Cheap Show was so close to being unbearable. Um, but I endured it in the interest of research. Um, and the TVI one, TVI was, it was harmless enough, but I don't think it was anywhere near as good as us. Um, so which one do you think won? Yeah, the first one you mentioned. Fucking Cheap, cheap Show. Do you want to hear a clip of it? Uh, if it works and it's only a short clip, go. Uh, yeah, it should work. It should be a short clip. Hold on. Let me just, I know you don't like, uh, don't like it when we use tech. No, I'd prefer if you did. Maybe this, did you send in one where you'd, uh, a sample where you'd use tech? Maybe they just went, we're not having this. <laughs> Some right, bloke who dogs don't like is fucking fiddling around with an audio recording in his spare bedroom. Right. We should we should be there in a minute. Mm. OK. Can you see my screen? I can indeed. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, right. Here what we you... go. OK. This is it. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Hold on. Open. We're getting there. It'll be worth the wait. So this, remember, listeners, is what we have. Um, missed out to when it comes the cheap show there's one little thing that i'll get out now that was part of the letter well a little thing that you'll get out yeah the houseman really it's less than an inch really when it's not erect isn't it it's a little thing you'll get out he's going to get out his little thing everyone oh it's a little flat stamp shaped penny oh look at that oh it's a little notched penny a little flat meaty notched penny (laughs) I've got the inspiration, the inspiration ball. For what? Describing your wee-wee as a flat penny notched penny. Well, I'm glad you've reached the apex. flutter by, flutter by, what do I see? It's Paul Gannon's winky and it's (laughs) smiling at me. Oh, flutter by, flutter by, where does it smell? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not having that. I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? He's talking about a flat penny or black penny as his little wee wee. Yeah. He's northern as well, isn't he? But that that 10 minutes was basically all like that. There was points I was kind of screaming, make it stop at my headphones. Oh, there's no explaining it. But um, you got in touch with them, right? And asked what the fuck they were playing at. Yeah, no response. So what I'm wondering is, do we rise above it or do we start a hate campaign against comedy podcast devotees? It was probably just one or two people just um, trying to do something good, you know, trying to promote independent comedy podcasts. Well, you know me now. Um, 
What do you think we should do? What do you think I want to do? Uh, call them out publicly? Yeah, consistently? And I think that's exactly what we should do. Okay. I think we should uh, we should get into them. We should dig into it a bit more. They call themselves independent. Yeah. I mean, like you su- suggested, there is no democracy of any description here. That you have to have a conversation with <clears throat> yourselves and the other people running this before you go out with this public vote. What if the one that gets voted is just voted for by this really popular but very boring couple of blokes? Yeah. Oh, well, we have to roll with it, don't we? Because that is the format we're working with. Well, there is that risk. Okay, you're right. Let's not take that risk. Let's just do our own research. Yeah, let's just say, Find and the nominees are. Them. Yeah. Or, you know, then email us and say, hey, guys, you know what? You were on our long list. You didn't quite make it. Uh, but, you know, don't give up. Yeah, or, maybe next hey, year. guys, you're on our short list. Are you, are you interested in this? Yeah, we are. Crack uh, on. Because that... That cheap show, that was 300 and episode 353, unbelievably. Fuck me. Um, anyway, the, the way they vote now, um, it's all confidential, so you can't see the votes. So they can just, whatever their agenda is, they can just put through um, what they want to put through. I'm going to, if I have a bit of a slow day today, which I hope I don't, because I've got a few things to do. I've got to email um, uh, Debbie Ryder. We've got to phone up the Bishop's Talk for Independent, I think. Yeah, that's what I've got to do. I've got to get in touch with um, uh, Linda Ryder or whatever her name was. Mm. Um, and now I feel like I'm going to have to make another phone call. I think emails are, are, are a bit of a waste of a time because you, t- you give the power away. Yeah. I'm not a fan of uh, emailing people about things. I'd rather just burst into their office whether they be the headmaster of one of my girls' schools, uh, and just have it out with them, even if they are really busy doing loads of fucking useless admin instead of actually taking care of the issues that they need to be taking care of. So getting on the phone, digging around, difficult for people to lie over the phone, mm. even harder to lie face-to-face. Uh, Emails, no problem. We haven't discussed any uh, any village news, have we? And we're getting towards the end of our bonus episode because we like mm. to keep these a bit shorter. So I'll just give you a very quick update. Um, ah. Live Crybaby is back. All right. With a letter in the local village newspaper. Comes out quarterly. What's it about? Called Off With A Bang. Um <laughs> No way. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a bit disappointed. Oh, Because okay. I saw that. I saw off with a bang. I thought, oh, <laughs> this could be good. <laughs> Dear readers. Uh, I mean, uh, the way he's written this tells you everything you need to know about this bloke. Dear readers, without wanting to upset the apple cart and spill the last of the season's apples all over a community divided... Firstly, who says there's a community divided? (laughs) Just because you've had a spat with someone on fucking Facebook. As November approaches, I am forced to face the inevitable upset that the month brings. Fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I believe we're in over the next month for some good content because fireworks send people insane on this village. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, although I firmly support an arranged bonfire night and firework display on November the 5th every year, we are forced, uh, we are faced with excessive firework noise due to them being let off in back gardens and bangers thrown in the streets, even in the daytime. How often are people chucking bangers in the street in the daytime? Um, In a village. Uh, no, nah, not often, surely. I've, I've never witnessed it. I've, um, <laughs> it, it sounds like something out of Gotham City. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound too, too uh, quaint, does it? Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to set my stall out now because mm-hmm. uh, I'd completely forgotten about this. And you're right, it's going to provide us with an amazing amount of material and and hoo-ha from the village uh i am i don't give a fuck about bonfire night fireworks and all that when i was a kid i loved it i've got some good stories from it which will take closer to the time time. uh and i just put out there my dad used to be a fireman as well so the irony of it the irony of it all will be quite amusing Um, um but i am one person that if a firework goes off one day too early, I'll I'll comment on it. Really? I'll go, what the fuck? Can't they just wait till tomorrow? <laughs> Why? I mean, there's a day for stuff, and they've they've gone early. Like I don't like Christmas lights going up early. Well, how early can they go up? Over here in the city, October. They'll be going up at the end of this month. Yeah, but when I was over there before. I think it was your wife explained to me that they like to keep them up because it's so dark and miserable, it adds a little bit of joy. Well, to the people that don't you don't like the dark, but I prefer to have Christmas. Like By the time Christmas comes around, you're just like, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. Whereas if you just, like, try not to hype it up too much too soon, and that applies to everything. My daughter's been going on about her 18th birthday for months, and we're still two months away. <laughs> and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I'll be glad when this is over. Yeah. Whereas I'd like to look forward to it. I'd like to like help plan things and 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 book tables at restaurants, but I'm just like, nah, you've gone too soon. You and gone I then are going to come down on the different side of the fence on the firework thing, which is good. That should add good. Well, content. it really depends on the the content of the. Material material provided because if if i feel like someone sounds like a bell end i'm hardly going to agree with him i'll go on being a dog (laughs) owner i can attest that bobby is affected every year to the point of becoming a shivering wreck every evening as from 5 p.m onwards most nights there are occasional firework pangs it only takes one to destroy his evening and to see him in that state is heartbreaking from foxes to birds deer to rabbits fireworks also disturb and terrify the village's wildlife some of the more vulnerable members of our community can find the noise equally upsetting veterans with ptsd and people living with dementia and disabilities are particularly affected i doubt very much that a plea from me will change anything or deter people from chucking bangers in the street which doesn't happen or setting (laughs) off fireworks whenever they feel like it I just wish that people would stick to an organised display so that us animal owners can prepare for it. If we know it's happening, we can take precautionary measures. 
I'm with him, 100%. As this issue hits the doorsteps in the first week of October, we have time to try and change this trend of daily bangs and unofficial firework displays in gardens. As a community, can we not can we not band together and try to keep the peace? Any thoughts on this, please email me. And he's got the uh, newsletter thing. Um, other than that sword of Damocles hanging over our heads, Autumn can be a wonderful time in the village with great walks and cool breezes in a village full of seasonal beauty and bounty. Have a great autumn, Clive. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go back on what I said. The guy's an absolute tosser. But uh, I do agree with him. Like, have it on one day and then the animal lovers and the and the shivering wrecks of men with shrapnel hanging from their bodies uh, post-World War II. Can uh, is there anyone alive still from World War Two? Yes, must be right. But other people can have PTSD. Yeah, but in context to my little tirade. Okay. There. Yeah, yeah, there are people yeah, alive okay. from World well, War Two. Yeah, and with uh, veterans, old veterans from World War Two with shrapnel mm. hanging from the body, crouching in a corner like a shitting dog, mm. shaking. They should be able to prepare. What preparations could they take? That's what I was going to ask. What's the preparation? For the animals or for the people with PTSD? For the animals. All of them. Um, Well, you can't really go anywhere else, can you? No. No, because it's firework night everywhere. I don't know. I mean, you're going to put egg boxes up on the inside of your... Does that help? Could you buy uh, ear mufflers for the dogs and the cats? I don't know. I know that my nan would, she had both a cat and a dog, and she would keep the cat in on that day, obviously. Yeah. I say obviously, it's probably not obvious to everyone, but uh, if you got a cat, you'd keep, you wouldn't let it out that night because you wouldn't want it, like, being upset about it. But if it's going, if, Crackers are being thrown off in the streets mm. willy-nilly from the beginning of October. Yeah. Then they, that will be a concern and an anxious anxious time for people over a certain age who are, who are pet owners. How do these people cope with other loud noises that they aren't expecting? Like scaffolders taking down scaffolding nearby, for example. The bin I lorries. That, I don't think that bin lorries are horrible sound, aren't they? Bottles yeah. being emptied are oh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that's a noise you. I worked at this really fancy Michelin star restaurant when I first moved to Sweden, right? And one of the uh, events we were doing was uh, uh, someone had booked out the restaurant for a wedding, and um, I was told to go and empty uh, one of the big plastic bins of bottles into like yeah. a larger bin, right? And uh, we have these like ear mufflers uh, to, to put on as you throw them in with yeah. safety goggles and I'm emptying these bins right <laughs> and unbeknown to me uh, one of the main speeches is going on <laughs> in the in the room which is not far from the room where the bins are being emptied <laughs> and the manager comes running around the corner going what are you doing I'm like, emptying bins like I was told <laughs> they're having a speech <laughs> and I go back in and like literally all eyes were on me as the, obviously the culprit. The noise is phenomenal. Very embarrassing. Um, um, so one final thing on fireworks. 
one final thing on fireworks because I know we need to wrap up. I'd seen that in the letter from uh, Clive and then on Facebook someone has put on this poster. I hadn't thought about the effect on other animals too and then there's a poster. It says fireworks, bees become so disorientated they don't go back to their hives. Birds have panic attacks at night causing mass deaths. Wild animals raising babies abandon their dens in fear. Fish, (laughs) fish and other animals perish after ingesting firework debris. Companion animals have anxiety and panic attacks and humans have PTSD. Right. After, do you remember, after firework night, November the 5th, in in the United Kingdom is firework night, um, seeing like flocks of dead birds? No. Bees strewn all over the place. No, but I will say bees are clearly, clearly on the decline. But I don't know where they go to die because I haven't seen any. <laughs> Scientifically proven that bees are dying. You don't see bees anymore. I, I, when I was a I kid, do. there were bees everywhere. Well, there's bees everywhere around here, but I, I do appreciate they're on the decline. Yeah. Um, but the wild animals one, they've got a picture of a squirrel next to it. And that made me think. So <laughs> have you ever seen a dead squirrel? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I don't think I have. Like not like not hit by a car, but like just a dead. Because like, we've yeah. got squirrels in our garden, but I've never seen one just like dead. I'm here, dead. Well, I'm, we don't know. I don't know, Adam Brain done an episode on it, but I can imagine maybe they're like cats where they just go off and crawl into a corner somewhere mm. and then they're dead. And I doubt but, if you're... I, I think the one I saw that was dead, it was at the base of a tree, so oh, right. it might have fallen or been... Scared by know, a firework. Scared by a firework out of its little nest. I lost you again a bit there. Um, but anyway... That's it for this week. We may be going next week on to there's a lot of talk about a 20 mile an hour zone through the village. Um, and that is getting all sorts of uh, I think I've got about 500 um, messages to trawl through on that on Facebook <laughs> to try and make a, uh, a thing. So if I can be bothered, we'll do that. But if something else comes up better. Um We'll do that. I'll set, I'll set my stall out. A 20 mile an hour zone is hard work. Yeah. Hard work to drive through. Well, we can discuss more um, when we've got the thoughts of the uh, of the villagers, of course. Um, yeah, as ever, absolutely. listeners, we want to hear from you. Uh, get in touch at villageincrisis at gmail.com uh, on Twitter. Oh, and could you all follow, if you're on Twitter and Instagram, um, could you follow comedy podcast devotees and just give a little message saying uh, fuck you on behalf of Village in Crisis? I <laughs> will <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely be doing that uh, when I finish there. Cool. Lee, have a good day in Fred Stelly, the Mediterranean yeah. delicacy establishment. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, and Neil, I'll see have you. A good day in your shed slash office. Oh, well. All right. See you later, Lee. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
And that's the end of another encounter with the villagers. Hope your week isn't as stressful as theirs. And tune in next week for more Village in Crisis.